Well, hello and welcome once again to In the Growth Space, where we discover new ways to grow our business, grow our teams, and grow ourselves. I'm your host and growth coach, David McGlennon, and this episode is sponsored by the Emerging Leader Inner Circles. If you're an unseen people officer who never has enough time to develop your next generation leaders in your growing company, the Emerging Leader Inner Circles can help end your frustration of A-level talent leaving while strategically building the future and legacy of the organization. Send an email to admin at davidmcglennon.com to be the hero to your company's leadership team. Now, in this episode, I'm introducing you to Evan Herman, who is a fellow podcaster and is no stranger to personal growth. You're going to hear his story of hurt, heartache, and resilience as he overcame a variety of obstacles in his life. On his podcast, he's learned from people like Michael Hyatt, Angela Duckworth, Tom Ziegler, and Dr. Benjamin Hardy. He centers his growth on six areas, faith, family, finances, friendship, fitness, and fun. Now, I'll be back at the end to share some of my thoughts from this episode with you. So let's get into that conversation now. Well, hey, Evan, welcome to In the Growth Space, man. I'm, I'm so uh, grateful to have you here today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate being here. Yeah, yeah. So you also have a podcast, I know, and we're really similar in the sense that we we love growth and, and you talk about personal growth in, you know, a number of different areas. I think it's uh, faith, family, finances, friendship, fitness, and fun. So tell me a little bit about your story and like what got you into that whole area of growth and, and wanting to grow? You know, it, it originally started, so my alma mater is Or Roberts University and oh, yeah. their depiction is the whole person. Yeah. I wish I would have gotten that while I was there. <laughs> sure. But I just didn't really pay attention to it. Spirit, mind, and body. Mm-hmm. However, you know, I came across an article written by a gentleman. His name is Mike. And he he talked about these six F's, faith, family, finances, friendship, fitness, and fun. And it just it meant so much to me that I decided to try to live my life around around that mm-hmm. and to live in a holistic sense instead of trying to be really excellent in one, just trying to be well-rounded in all of them. And sometimes that means you have to put a little more focus in one area, naturally better at others. But for me, it was just this place of desperation where I felt like I sucked mm, yeah. all of those. <laughs> and I just reached a point in my life where there was so much pain so much hurt yeah. that I decided I'm just going to really pursue personal growth through all these areas mm. that started, you know, probably back in 2013, 14, you know, I had 21 jobs in roughly four years out of wow. college and I was married. Like I, you know, married my, my wife right after college. And so, you know, she marries this guy who can't keep a job. And a lot of them were part-time temporary jobs. Some of them I got fired from, some of them I got, I quit and I could never find my thing. And so mm. what ended up happening is I got into real estate and what prompted me to get into real estate was the fact that, you know, we lost a child in mm. 2013 in general, I've lost one close person in my life since 2008, which has been extremely uh, painful. Yeah, um, I'm very familiar with loss and grief. And so in 2013, when, when we lost our daughter, what made that difficult is I couldn't get off for Father's Day or Mother's Day. Mm. Oh, man. Crushed. 
Yeah. And I put in notice. And it was at, it was at those moments that I decided I was going to start working for myself. Yeah. And so I, you know, geared towards real estate and, and I've now been doing real estate. I'm in my eighth year. I have my broker's license, but I was worth a big brand company to start with. And they said that your business will grow to the extent that you do. Mm-hmm. And so I really put an emphasis on personal growth, wholeness, and well-being. You know, as I became more confident in who I am and my abilities, then my business started doing better mm-hmm. and my life started getting better. And so, you know, in 2019, it was probably one of the worst years of my life uh, mm-hmm. financially and, and and even emotionally as well. You know, we we had a premature or sorry, we we had a uh, my daughter. She was a premature stillborn in thirteen, but we had a, another miscarriage in twenty nineteen. Oh, On top of we had seven financial hits that happened to us. You know, mm-hmm. I got injured. I dislocated my kneecap and tore the ligament that holds my kneecap to my femur. Um, so I needed surgery for that, but that put me out of work for about four or five months because I just couldn't get around. I could, I didn't have the mobility to stand long-term or drive or sit or show houses. So there was a loss of income with that. You know, my son had to go to the ER for what we thought was appendicitis. Luckily it was really bad gas, but (laughs) you can't tell the difference. Yeah, you can't tell. Yeah, right. And so that, you know, thank God he was okay. But here I am with my knee, you know, because I was already injured. And so I'm hobbling into the ER carrying my son. And so they see this picture of me hobbling and me carrying my son. Oh, man. Um, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) the amount of attention and help I got right away was pretty awesome. I'm sure. (laughs) Um, But the the knee was obviously, you know, from like a week or two prior. So, but that was just, that was difficult. And then, you know, my wife was in a car wreck. She was okay. Yeah. but my car wasn't. So it took about a month for that to get fixed. And then mm. like a day after the car wreck, our only one another operating vehicle broke down for good. And so oh we had cars. We had four ER visits between my wife, myself, my son. I also actually ended up having appendicitis that year oh uh, and had an emergency appendectomy. And then another hardship, and, and this was of a choice. Yeah. There was a moment where I saw this girl in Africa via Facebook who had a really bad infected foot. Mm. And I knew if she didn't get help quick, she'd probably die from the infection. And so I reached out to the the local Ugandan pastor that was uh, taking care of her, who I know because I've been to Uganda twice. Mm. And I just felt God say, I want you to give her $800. Mm. And it was all the money we had. Wow. It was wow. everything we had. Huh. And so I reached out to Pastor Queen Betty is her name. And okay. I said, Pastor, you know, tell me what's, what's going on. And she said, hey, we've raised half the money. We still need $800 for her surgery. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm sending it to you. Wow. I died on the operating table. Oh, man. Wow. Really hurt. Yeah. It's not so much the money, but like, all right, I did this because mm-hmm. I thought you told me to do this, God, and she died. Mm-hmm. Which I felt him say that had she not died that way, it was going to be a much more painful death because mm. wow. she wouldn't have been under anesthesia. And I reached out to several local doctors. I showed them pictures and, she, and they're like, yeah, um, she was already gone before they went because she, her body mm. would have been septic, showing the severe infection to local doctors. And so we had seven major financial things. Yeah. And then in 2020 was one of the best years of my life. 
<laughs> That's and, amazing. I mean, because in most people's cases, you know, 2020 has been worst year of their lives. So I'm curious to kind of hear how you, you know, kind of bounce back from that bad year. Right. So something really unique happened. So I, I am a Christian. And so we gave 10% faithfully and regardless of what we had. And we, ha- we had student loan debt for me, car loan. And some other consumer debt, not not credit card, but dorm shelter. I live in Oklahoma. Yeah, we, all right. We get those tornadoes. Yeah, see, you guys are right in Tornado Alley. <laughs> we are. And so we were actually awarded one, basically two a two thousand dollar grant. But you know, I still needed to come up with seven hundred dollars that I didn't have, and so you know, I took out a loan. You know, and so long story short is. I, I just felt like I heard God say, I want you to pause tithing. And it didn't mm. make sense to me. Mm. I talked to my pastor and my pastor was like, hey, this doesn't entirely make sense, but I do think you're hearing from God. Mm. And so we paused. And instead of tithing, we used all that money to start paying off debt. And then we started debt snowballing. And then we created so much margin in our life. Well, the other thing too, mm. nice. before, before that happened, okay? Yeah. Before that happened, sorry, I'm... I made that decision. And then what happened is what I meant to say is my wife got in a car wreck and we lost that car for about a month. And then the day after we lost it. So we had no vehicles. Oh, wow. And so my options were no vehicle. Hopefully we'll get a rental, go get more debt to get a car. But I, you know, my wife, she's like, let's just, let's just go get a loan. It'll help us out. We need it now. We both have to work. And I was like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. She's like, why? Well, I said, because I, we made a decision not to go into debt. And if we're not going to give, we're not going to go into more debt. Sure. So I drew this line in the sand. Mm-hmm. And that's really, that's really what happens when mm. we decide to make a line in the sand, whether it's in our health, our family, our faith, our fitness, whatever yeah. it is, then we're going to get tested to see how much we really mean that. And by mm. golly, it really happened. We lost both of our vehicles. Wow. We ended up being able to borrow a vehicle for six months. Wow. That allowed us to get out of debt, to save money, and then buy a car debt-free. Oh, and nice. then that allowed us to, to still save money. And then when 2020 happened, you know, real estate wasn't great right, right off the bat when that happened. It took three or four months for it to actually move. But when it moved, I did really well. Mm-hmm. And so... I was able to recover from from some of that stuff. And then by this time, we already had stuff paid off because we'd been debt snowballing. Yeah, yeah. And that really eliminating debt and creating margin and space in my life yeah. really helped. And then as well, you know, as someone who suffered with the fear of death, like I, I would easily get depressed over the hmm. thought of dying okay. because I had had so much death in my life, mm-hmm. friends and family and acquaintances. COVID scared the, the hell out of me. yeah. And in general, I had anxiety quite often through my life. 2020, you know, I really was able to get that under control. Mm. So that's why 2020 was one of the best years of my life because we eliminated debt. I had, I I lost 40 pounds. I had, you know, healing in my mind and in my body that I've never had. Or my my knee was doing a lot better in 2020 than it was in 2019. Mm -hmm. Sure. So life was just so much better. My wife started working from home and so, and she still works from home. And so now, you know, we're around each other more and it's just a really great, it was a great experience for us, believe it or not. And yeah, I say that with a lot of humility because not sure. everyone had a good 2020. 
Right, right. Yeah, totally get that. Totally get that. When you were going through some of the the, the tough parts uh, of your life, like where did you decide to to focus? I know you talked about focusing on finances, but you know all of the other um, areas, you know, faith and family and friendship. It's kind of like this, you know, this wheel that if you don't pay attention to one area, it's going to be kind of a flat or bumpy ride. So I'm curious, like, how, how did you focus? How did you focus your own personal growth? Did it just kind of happen because of the things that were coming your way and you just needed to focus on that at the time? I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, some things I'm more naturally gifted at, sure. like you are, and anyone that's listening. You know, I'm, I'm probably more naturally gifted in my friendship because I'm very outgoing. I can make friends. It's easy for me to make quality time for people. That's part of who I am. Mm-hmm. So I did not have to focus as much on that. I did need to focus on my health, on, on, my, on my fitness because of my knee, because I, I did bloom, bloom, blow up, whatever. <laughs> After my knee injury, I gained like 40 pounds, you know? Yeah, sure, sure. So all 2020, I spent trying to lose it. And now I've gained some of it back already. Yeah. However... So I had to put intentionality and focus on on eating better and exercising more. And I'm still doing that. Yeah. I had to put more energy and effort into finances. And what we do is like, well, how how do we balance all of these? The, the thing is right. we do things long enough to create consistency and habits. Yeah, exactly. To, to where things become easier. Because, you know, working out is not a habit or easy for me. It takes effort. So what I'm doing right now is I'm working on that area. Mm-hmm. And then when it becomes more consistent, more of a habit, then I'll take another area and focus. Yeah. And I just keep rotating in my life in areas that I think need focus. And you can work on one or two at a time. For me, you know, I drop my kids off at school while well, the gym's on my way home. And uh-huh. so it's easy for me to stop sure. on my way home. So I try to find routine and patterns that make it easier to do. Yeah. So how important then you mentioned habits, which I love. And and I think that's so key to really our own personal growth. How important have habits been for you, not just, you know, in your personal life, but even in your work life, in your business uh, as a real estate broker, what has the impact been to to gaining habits and and actually creating habits in your work life? Again, I'm not perfect here. This is like, you know, I, I, none of us are, man. (laughs) And so for me, Creating so Tom Ziegler, I love Tom Ziegler. He has one of my favorite quotes of all time. He has this quote: "It's the quickest way to success is to exchange a bad habit for a good habit." And so, in areas that I'm looking to change quickly, I look at okay, what's my bad habit? Mm -hmm. Okay, so if there's going to be that void by getting rid of that, what do I replace it with? And then I focus on what I replace it with. So, for example, you know, if I want to wake up super early in the morning, well, what do I need to do? okay, I need to go to bed early. Sure. You know, yeah. So those are the things that you focus on. And again, I'm not, you know, I wake up uh, in time to get my kids ready and take them to school, but I'm not waking up at 4 a.m. like I used to. Yeah. And I have three boys all under the age of five. <laughs> oh, man. Night yeah. times are, are totally a struggle yeah. right now. So I totally get that. give myself grace in that area and be Absolutely. okay with that. Yeah. And so in terms of business, you know, this is probably an area that, I do well at in some areas and some areas I don't. So lead generating is something that I'm really good at and the consistency of it changes. But the thing is 
if I was more consistent, I'd probably get more business. Sure. Even though I'm good at it. But the thing is, is how do we do the things that we don't like to do when we don't want to do them? Yeah. And and that's how we have to change our mindset is all right. So if I'm good at it, or even if I'm not good at it, but I have to complete this goal for my business, mm-hmm. what happens if I don't complete my goal? Okay. Well, yeah. if I don't complete my goal, then I don't, you know, have the extra money for my family. Okay. Well, if I don't have the extra money for my family, what's that happen? Well, it's going to put stress and pressure. Well, yeah. if I have stress and pressure, it's going to maybe make me slip back into anxiety. And then if I have anxiety, then it messes up my health. And if it messes up my health, then it messes up my desirability to do things. And then it creates this ugly. And so I create this idea of like, okay, if I don't do this, what will happen? Like what's Mm. the worst case scenario? And, And then I just keep going until it becomes painful enough that I move towards doing the things I don't want to do. Because here's the thing, we're all motivated by two things, pain or pleasure. Right. And I'd love to say I'm motivated by pleasure, but typically I'm not. Yeah. Especially yeah. like, especially if, you know, the pleasure is in the future uh-huh. and it's delayed gratification. You know, some things I'm great at delaying, but if that comes with short-term pain, like the pain of getting a lot of rejections, well, sometimes I just bypass not wanting to take all the rejections because I don't want to go through that pain. Yeah. So I have to create more pain that makes me want to, to avoid the bigger pain than the small pain rejection. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It does. It's kind of like doing the hard thing that that won't seem so hard in the grand scheme of things or in that bigger picture. So if I do the hard thing now, that makes the bigger hard thing not seem so you know bad, or at least kind of gives me that well, momentum. It, well, that, but it makes everything else irrelevant. Because, right, right. So if I do this, then all these bad things won't happen. Right, right. Either way, it's going to be difficult, but one's going to be better for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, it almost reminds me that you used a phrase there that reminds me, and you're probably being in the real estate, probably familiar with this, but the one thing, you know, what's the one thing that I can do that makes this either, you know, irrelevant or gets me a little bit farther down the road. So badly botched that. that. <laughs> what's the one thing that you can do such by doing that everything else doesn't really matter. There you go. I, you, I knew you'd get it. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I think that that's, that's really key. It's like, what is that one small thing that you can do? And I think that as, as I have worked with emerging leaders, I know that sometimes that is a hard thing to, or a hard thing for them to grasp. And, but it's, it's important to be able to get into that growth space and to be able to kind of get some momentum to do something that is hard that will help you get that momentum. Have you found that as well? I mean, just getting some momentum in one area really just helps you. And, you know, it also helps you in some of the other areas as well. Yeah. I mean, so let's specifically talk about finances here for a second. Yeah, sure. Because in 2019, it did not look good. Yeah. All for us financially. And, you know, I was talking to my wife and I was like, look, I don't know what we've got to do, but we've got to make more money and we've got to change stuff. For us, it wasn't a spending problem. It was, we just weren't making enough. We we were making maybe two grand above poverty line. Mm, Yeah. So enough not to get help, but not enough to survive. Right. And it just, it was extremely difficult. And my wife, ever since we've been married, you know, we, we, I mean, we've just had financial struggle, not because we're making bad decisions, other than, you know, a car loan or something like that. In general, we just, we weren't making enough. Mm -hmm. And 
for her, I noticed there was this no light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, sure. And for her, it was like, why talk about finances? Why budget? Why do anything? Because it's all irrelevant and Mm. it's difficult regardless. Yeah. So my goal was to show her that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, sure. So I'm trying to figure out, okay, how can I make light at the end of the tunnel? And that's when we started debt snowballing. Mm-hmm. And then I decided I was going to move from a big brand company to a small brand company that let me keep 30% more of what I make. And that was a game changer. Making 30% more yeah. literally changed my family dynamics. So now we started making more money. And then my wife... um, you know, she started seeing some changes financially. We started getting a little momentum. It was still yeah. dark. Yeah. At least there's momentum a little bit. Right. And then she started like, well, you know what? You made a change. Maybe, maybe I should look at making a change. Oh, interesting. And so she got multiple job offers for a little bit more money outside of different companies. And then her company's like, you know what? We don't want to let you go. How about we just uh, give you a 80% raise? Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, so she got a new position and an 80% raise. And so now between us both, we were making a, you know, a hundred percent more wow. than what we were previous years. Amazing. And then that really changed our momentum and we started paying off debt and we weren't getting into more debt. And then all of a sudden, wait, your student loans are paid off. Wow. You know? Unlike, so what a lot of people are doing right now with student loans is because there's a deferment, they're not paying them. No, right. pay them. Pay them now. Yeah, them. absolutely. Because yeah. right now they're not charging you interest. Yeah, you can make some progress. Oh my gosh. I made so much progress because there yeah. was no interest. Yeah. You know, my loans were locked in at 6.33%. I knocked those suckers out quickly. That's awesome. And then I rolled that over to other things. And then all of a sudden now we are in the best spot where we've ever been financially. We can breathe. And then we went from, okay, so what are we going to do? So we started investing money into cryptocurrency Mm -hmm. and now that's growing. Mm -hmm. So what happened is we made small decisions that created more momentum that Mm -hmm. are now creating bigger results because of the small one thing we started with just putting money, extra money towards paying off the car. Let's pay off the storm shelter. Okay, let's mm-hmm. combine that. Let's pay off the student loan. You know, those one thing ended up going from being in debt to buying a car to having the savings to investing into cryptocurrency and to start doing well at it. Yeah. But now any money that we have coming in isn't leaving the house right away. It's not going to someone else. And we can do this in many areas of our life, not just financially, but this was one of the best blessings in, in our family. And then it creates more opportunity because get this, like, when the pandemic happened, the the local school boards didn't, I mean, no school boards knew what they were going to do. Right. And I just knew that we wanted our son in school and we wanted him in a place where they wouldn't be shutting it down mm-hmm. every two or three weeks. Yeah. And so I just like, we took a leap of faith and we were able to put him in private school. Nice. We wouldn't have had that option in 2019 without getting rid of the debt, mm-hmm. without doing those things. And so when you do things consistently, you create momentum and then you create bigger changes and results. Then it also creates for better opportunities. And when that happens, your life can transform and it doesn't have to take very long. It really depends on how big of a hole you're in, but let's look at, let's take health. For example, David, Yeah, yeah. would you rather go through the pain and the suffering of working out and in 
learning how to eat right and learning how to be healthy and the hardships with that? Or would you rather go through the hardship of getting your chest cracked open and get a quadruple <laughs> bypass, save your life, and then have a recovery time and then be kind of somewhat disabled and limited for the rest of your life? Because that's yeah. equally a hardship as well. Yeah, right, right. So it's choosing which hardship you want to go through. Yeah, exactly. I think that one of the things I heard you say too, Evan, is that as you get some momentum in one area of your life, it actually bleeds over into some of the other areas of life and, and giving yourself the ability to have a little bit of margin in the, in the financial area can actually help with your, your relationships, your friendships, your, your, your fitness, and, and some of the other areas as well, because of that margin, right? Well, you, and you hit the nail on the head. I mean, did my marriage get better? A heck of a lot better. Why? Because yeah, my I'm wife sure. wasn't freaked out about finances. Right. And we can we be home together in the pandemic without ripping each other's heads off? <laughs> yes, we can <laughs> because we're not scared financially. Yeah. We, we, we've we've limited our risk. We've gotten rid of risk. We've gotten rid of liabilities. Mm-hmm. Another thing too. I mean, look at health, David. You know, yeah. when I hurt my knee, that really caused a strain in my physical life with my wife. Sure. And I mean, even to this day, there there are now limitations yeah. that, you know, are there unless if things change in my knee, right. you know, but I'm actively working to change those things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that creates issues, you know, my relationship with my boys, you know, I can, I can play a little basketball, but I can't get down on the floor and wrestle right now. Sure. Yeah. You know, I still have what I believe is nerve damage in my knee. So to get on my knees is just painful not happening yeah, you know? sure. and so yes. i take the bedroom and then wrestle them on, on the bed that, there you go <laughs> yeah but, yeah just alter alter the way you do it right yeah as you've gone through this journey how important has resilience been because i think that this so many times we go through tough times we go through you mentioned you know grief you've had a lot of grief in your life you had some financial um, setbacks and difficulties how important has resilience been to you in your own personal growth and and how did you get that how did you get that ability to bounce back oh, that that is a great question and and i have a deep sigh because it's because resilience takes going through pain yeah yeah takes going through hurt. Mm-hmm. And either you can be stuck in your pain or you can be stuck in your hurt or you can go through your pain and hurt. Regardless, it's going to hurt. Yeah. yeah. And for me, you know, the, the biggest factor in my life growing up was I was bullied a lot. Mm. I was that awkward kid that no one really liked and made fun of. Mm. I was a goody two shoes, you know, I really didn't get in trouble. So I always had favor with my teachers and that didn't bow well for my classmates. And I wasn't a tattler. I didn't do any of that stuff. I was just, you know, different. I carried myself differently and being resilient started for me at a very early age to where just to go to school every day took effort for me. And that created a habit and a pattern that when I got into college, so here's another thing too. I had a, a learning and eye disability that no one caught until I was in sixth grade. I, I, I wasn't reading in sixth grade. I started to learn how to read in sixth grade. It wasn't dyslexia. It, it was a little bit more rare than that, hmm. where my eyes would not focus when I would read. One, okay. I could read like up here and one, I would be somewhere else on the page or vice versa. And, oh, wow. and so no one ever knew 
because when that, you would look at me, my eyes wouldn't be all over the place that they could focus on you, but it was only when I was able to read. And so yeah. with dyslexia, you will see things backwards, but with this, I was never seeing the same thing. Oh, wow. And so imagine, you know, being in sixth grade and learning how to read. Sure. Imagine how far behind you are in yeah. life at that point. And so I had to go through vision therapy and training and I got put in special ed until I graduated high school hmm. because it just, it stunted my learning ability. Yeah. And what really, really transformed my personal life is I went to Oral Roberts University. Well, there was no special ed there. I hmm. went into college with a seventh grade reading level. Wow. Okay. Wow. About that. Huh. And because of the goodness of my teachers and the grace, you know, I expressed to all of them, I, you know, don't avoid conflict. Here's another thing in this is don't avoid conflict. If there's conflict, yeah. you need to meet it yeah. graciously. Right. Because instead of, you know, hiding from my disability, I embraced them and I worked through them. Mm. So I went to my teachers and like, look, here's the deal. Here's paperwork. Here's documentation. And so all of them gave me extended time. All of them gave me a quiet space to take tests. I had yeah. one test. It was so bad. It was <laughs> funny. Like it was a fill in the blank, but you get, you were given no options. You just had to know the answer. Yeah. And I didn't know anything on the test because I just couldn't, my, my reading and comprehension was pretty terrible still mm. just because I was still slowly reading. And so I could read something, but not really comprehend it. And so. I, I just, on the test, it, it was an F and it was a final. And I was like, what do I do? And so I decided, you know what? I'm just going to write down an essay on the back of the test of everything I learned through the year. Wow. And so I did. And the teacher gave me a B. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. You know? I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I told her, I was like, look, I'm sorry, you know, but here, here's my effort. Yeah. And so I put an effort and that gave me a lot of grace. You know, I had one teacher, I got all, all four tests. 22%, 22%, 22%. And then on my final 38%. And it was in math, but I was getting tutoring from the teacher weekly that mm. entire semester. So he saw the effort. And I think sometimes because we're, we might not be good at something, we just don't do it. But if we put in the effort, the, the world has a way of rewarding effort. And what ended up happening is in between my junior and senior year, Something happened. Well, I'm not going to say something. God healed me. Hmm. That's what wow. it comes down to. My reading comprehension went through the roof. Wow. I went from like a eighth grade reading level to reading pretty, pretty high yeah. comprehension up. My spelling still sucks because <laughs> of how, how far behind I was on that. Sure. But what happened is healing took place. But would hmm. have healing take place if I didn't? consistently pushed through the challenge. And so sometimes, you know, when we're facing difficult issues, going back to resilience, the thing that we want and need healing in is on the other side of a lot of failure, a lot of failure. But then something happens to where that glass ceiling breaks and then we go through, but yeah. it's first met with failure after failure, after failure, after failure, after failure. And if you're okay failing, then you'll have success. If you're not okay failing, you will never have success. I love that. And I love the the phrase you used to be able to 
to face those conflicts with grace and to be able to actually just go go after them. And, and I think that so oftentimes there's a fear of, of facing that conflict, facing that difficulty. And uh, I, I love that story, Evan. That's that's really cool. What part of your growth has as coaching had for you? Because I know that you've you've had coaching, you've had some coaches, and I know that you are a coach as well. And so you're you're doing some coaching yourself. How has that contributed to your own personal and professional growth? Yeah. One of the very first coaches in personal growth, his name is Eric. And I didn't have the money to pay this dude, but he made it so affordable for me that I couldn't say no Mm. because he just cared about me. And he started really to help me learn what self-efficacy was, what emotional intelligence is, how to make decisions. And then based off of that, I started learning how I could get out of bad habits and patterns of thinking, self-talk, emotion. And the other thing too is I, I was a victim in my own mentality. Uh-huh. You know, I was a victim as a bully. I was a victim of my circumstances. I was a victim... And it wasn't until I overcame that victim mentality that I really started seeing personal growth. And that came after college. The college is kind of a different story that I wasn't a victim and that was just what my life was. But with the 21 jobs that I was fired from or quit or, you know, the economy or whatever, you know, I was the victim. I was the victim of a bad boss or the economy or whatever it was. But I chose those bosses. I chose the bad bosses because I felt like I had no option. I chose to work for bad places or I chose to buck the system because, you know, I was tired of being bullied as a kid. So when, you know, a manager wanted to, you know, so what ended up happening is with Eric, he taught me how to have emotional intelligence. He taught me how to overcome the victim mentality. And from that point, I started really getting into personal growth books and that transformed the way I thought. And so what typically happens for personal growth is people need to transform the way that they think and look about themselves. And from that one standpoint, will will trigger many other successes in, in their life. Yeah, so true. So true. So you mentioned personal growth books and, and reading. Is there is there a book or a couple of books that have been very instrumental in, in your growth? Yeah, you know, a lot of them are more geared towards entrepreneurship. Sure. And so I look I look at things that are very pragmatic because there are there are a lot of personal growth books out there that are like, hey, personal growth that don't have substance. I look at people who have who have done something and then I so for example, uh Rich Dad Poor Dad was, was a huge book for me. Think and Grow yeah. Rich was also right. The book Grit by Angela Duckworth is an amazing book. Yeah. Uh, Grit. And then What You Say to Yourself, What You Say to Yourself When You're Talking by Shad Helmstetter. Those are, oh, and even Benjamin Hardy, Dr. Benjamin Hardy, personality isn't permanent. Love that one. It just, they're so good. You know, sometimes we get stuck in this idea of this is who I am and this is how I'm going to be for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you're not growing, you're complacent. And when you're complacent, you actually end up, on, on a growth scale, on a company, if you're complacent, you actually end up dying off. Yeah. If you're not growing, you're actually going the opposite direction. Yeah, and that's so, so true. I put an emphasis on growing in the areas of faith, family, finances, friendship, fitness, and fun. That's, that's so good, Evan. I mean, I, I think you just hit on something right there, especially. I think so many people need to hear both 
business leaders and, and people of all walks that if you're not growing, if you're not continuing to to look and 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 move in a direction that is improving, you're actually going backwards and you're not making any progress. And right. it's like inflation. Exactly. How much valuable the dollar decreases in value and the inflation increases. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I, I want to thank you for being here. I want to be respectful of your time. And I think that one thing I'd love to be able to have you share, just first of all, any final thoughts, but but then also share about your coaching and your podcast, because I want people to uh, to hear, your, hear about your coaching and also about your podcast too, because I, I know that's where you and I met. Absolutely. So I, I host the podcast called The Whole Person Podcast, which is about faith, family, finances, friendship, fitness, and fun. None of which am I an expert in. In, in the podcast as the host, I am the mentee. I'm getting mentored by people like Angela Duckworth or mm-hmm. Chad Helmstead or Benjamin Hardy, Michael Hyatt. You know, I, I'm not the expert. These people come in and speak. And then I open up my life and say, hey, this is where I'm struggling. Yeah. yeah. And I use it as a way to get some free coaching myself. Absolutely. But what that's taught me, I've learned a lot through these people. And what I want people, when they coach with me, there's several things that, you know, depending on where they're at in their life, we, we gear it towards what they need. Sure. But in general, some of the most specific things is we have this identity of who we want to be. And oftentimes that identity of the person that we're becoming can be toxic, mm. not because of it's a good person. And that that's not the issue. The issue is because we put so much value in that person that we don't like who we are now. Uh, and, and that creates self-hatred. Yeah. And if you can't love yourself now, you will never love yourself for who you are in the future. Hmm. And so a, it's changing the way we think about ourselves now in giving ourselves grace to grow personally into this idea and the traits of the person that we we want to grow and develop in. And then the other thing too, is looking at any negative patterns of thought and where they've come from mm-hmm. and how to overcome them, to, to walk through them, to heal through them. Because what happens is so many times in our life, our thought patterns are there because they were programmed into us. Right. And, you know, at some point we have to take responsibility for, for that. So for me, it's learning how to rewire our brain in such a way that we create new neurological pathways of thinking. Mm-hmm. And that would be my goal with whatever that person wants to focus on. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So if you're listening, what Evan just shared is so key and so critical and crucial for personal growth. And I love that. And I hope that you will reach out to Evan. Um, Evan, where is the best place for people to reach out to you to get in more information? Obviously, we want them to, to jump on the podcast, but where, where's the best place to, to connect with you? Perfect. So I'll give you my email and my phone number right here. Uh, all and right. free to advertise it as well. Okay. Cool. Highly reachable. We'll so. My email is evan at evanherman.com and it's spelled differently than most. So it's evan, E-V-A-N, at evan, E-V-A-N, Herman, H-E-R-R-M-A-N.com. And my phone number is 918-625-7073. 
awesome. I will also make sure that both of those or all of that is in the show notes uh, as well. And I, I thank you, Evan, for, for sharing with us your growth journey and, and really being here in the growth space. Because like you, I, I learned from others and other people's growth journey as they share. And uh, I'm, I'm just grateful for your sharing of that uh, with us here today. Really, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Well, this conversation had a lot of different topics, but here are my key takeaways for growth in any area of your life. Take a look at what is that one small thing that you need to change or make progress on. And, and this could be in, in any area of your life. And then just start with that. Start with just the one small thing. And then do that small thing. Do the small things consistently. And that can get you momentum. And not only can that get you mo momentum, but if you can be around people that also have momentum and are also moving towards goals, that will help you move towards yours as well. The people, the environment that you're around have an amazing impact on you and, and have an enormous impact on how you do your life. And the other thing that Evan said in this in this conversation that I, I've often heard before, and, and I really like it, he basically said, choose your hard. Look, working out is hard. Recovering per, from poor health is, is hard too. And you just have to choose your hard. So thanks for listening to this episode. And please do me a favor and, and be sure to share this episode with someone who you think it could help. I want to make an impact for growth on as many people as I can. And if you would, go leave me a review and a five-star rating too. I look forward to next week's conversation with another author who's been on the American Ninja Warrior Show and written several books about the ninja life. You are going to love it. But until then, remain in the growth space and be well.